Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful service we've had so far. Amazing. Amazing indeed. All these beautiful faces, all these beautiful voices. I just want to say amen and glory. Hallelujah. Now somebody said before service, are you talking about heartburn? No, I'm talking about something even beyond mere food. I'm talking about something that gives us the bread of life. Jesus Christ. And He alone gives us a passion. A passion and joy that lasts to eternity. Imagine waking up one day and going through your daily routine and things just don't match up. You can't figure things out. One disappointment after another disappointment, you just can't connect the dots. Even the Scriptures that you know so well just doesn't seem to answer everything that's happening to you. And the result of that is, as my dad used to tell me, he said, every once in a while I just get blue. You ever been there? Just a little blue. Life kind of knocks you down. You just crash land. Feel like you're fighting a losing battle. And as the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 13, He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? (laughs) How long will you hide your face from me? Isn't that the way we feel sometimes? Well, in the study we have in Luke chapter 24, 13 through 35, we're going to be talking about this kind of doom and gloom. And two guys were truly sad of all things. And so I just want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning and encourage you, bring encouragement because Jesus is risen. Jesus has been resurrected from the dead to give us hope, to give us victory. Amen. So let's begin. Let me ask you this what is on your heart? What is on your mind? What was on your conversation yesterday what's your news of the day and behold two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus which was about seven miles from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place now what are, what are all these things that's taking place well of course the great event of the crucifixion Jesus' trial, Jesus' death, hearing such things as the tomb being empty, angels of all things. He is risen of all things. These are the kind of things that they were addressing and talking about. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. I think another version says Jesus came alongside. 
You know, he still does that today. Just want to let you know. If you think that God is not watching and God's not with you, he is there. And he is, Jesus is alongside. He's, his very presence is with you. Even in these moments when you're a little bit blue, even when these moments when you're a little bit sad, even in these moments when you're disappointed with yourself, or even in these difficult dry times in which you just can't seem to get the scriptures to connect just right. Jesus will come along at that opportunity, at that specific golden moment to help you figure it all out. Amen? To help you figure it all out. Jesus still does that today. Verse 17 says, Jesus said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? I'm just wondering if he catches me at a moment at work having a conversation with somebody during our break. I wonder what Jesus would say about my conversation. What about yours? He says here, what are these words are you exchanging with one another as you are walking? There's something about the way they're talking. There's something about the, their attitude. There's something about them Jesus notes is going on. And he wants to flesh it all out. And they stood still looking sad. How sad are you? How disappointed are you? Does the world seem to be so gloomy? That's what that word means, sad. Gloomy and sullen. Woe is me. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh! Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. Mm. So Jesus says, what are these words that you're saying? What are you talking about? What, what is it that's causing this? And they said, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? Where have you been? Now, first of all, Jesus hasn't revealed Himself to them. He says He just came alongside. Here's a guy out of the blue. It seems like He just pops up. There He is. What are you guys talking about? What's happening? And they're saying, where have you been? Sometimes I think we feel the same way in our attitudes about God. God, where have you been? It's like what David was praying about in Psalms. How long, O oh Lord, will you hide from me? They were just want to know, well, are you the only one visiting? Don't you know what's happening? Aren't you aware of the things that's going on? And so Jesus says, what things? He wants to know what things are keeping you down. He wants to know what things are bringing to your life such an attitude of being sad and sullen. Taking and robbing your joy from you. Jesus wants to get to the root of their state. Of their season of distress. Now, here's the thing. 
Jesus knows they are sad, right? He already figured that out. He knows already. Jesus knows they are sad, but what they don't know is that there is no reason to be sad. And this is what Jesus wants to flesh out. He wants to get it out. He wants them to open up. Bring it out to the light. It's the only way for you and I to move on. To get out of that season. To get out of that moments of despair. To get out of those moments of gloom. To get out of those moments when we're blue. When we can't seem to make things connect. What's standing in their way and what's standing in your way? What's standing in my way? Right? What did they know? What did these two guys know? Well, they knew a lot of things. They knew His name. They knew Jesus' name. Let's go in verse 19. What things? And so they said to Him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered Him to be condemned to death and crucified Him. But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, a certain woman of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find His body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said He was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but Him they did not see. Now there's a lot of commentaries that I was reading that says there's this other person. One of them is named Cleopas, uh, Cleopas. And then the other is not named. And a lot of people, a lot of commentaries that I was reading said it's Luke. And the reason why they think it's Luke is because he gives such a detailed narrative of these events. Whereas the other passage just kind of gloss over it. Maybe get one or two verse description of what was going on. Irregardless of this, they knew a lot of things about Jesus. They knew His name. They knew that He was from Nazareth. They knew He was a prophet. They knew He was mighty indeed. This is the same Jesus of Nazareth that healed the blind man Bartimaeus. The same one. They knew He was a prophet. Mighty deeds and word. They knew that He was crucified. They knew that he was supposed to be the one to redeem Israel. There's a lot of them looking for that event to take place. And it was reported that he rose from the dead. So they had a lot of facts. We have a lot of facts. Sometimes we just can't put them all together, can we? They couldn't put it all together. They couldn't connect the knots. Couldn't connect from heaven to their hearts. There was something that was interfering. It was their faith or the lack of it. You see, it says in verse 21 that we had read, but we were hoping, get that now, we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. And it says, and some of those who were with us in verse 24 went to the tomb and found it just exactly like the women had said, but... There's that but, but him they could not find. 
We were hoping, but they couldn't find Jesus. We were hoping that He was the Redeemer of Israel, but it couldn't find Jesus. Couldn't connect the dots. And Jesus said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe, in verse 25, and all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into His glory? So Jesus says it's a heart problem. The elephant in the room was what? What would you think the elephant in the room was? What do we mean by that phrase, by the way? There's something so large and something so massive Something that should be easily seeable is right in front of your eyes. And what was right in front of their eyes? All of the facts that they had. All of the things that they saw. All of the witnesses that they heard. Everything pointed to who? Pointed to Jesus. That was the elephant in the room. And that was what they were missing. Oh, foolish man, slow of heart. Now, Jesus has still not yet revealed himself to him. This is just a, some guy who knew a lot and was about to hit him between the eyes. Oh, foolish man, slow of heart to believe. It goes on and it says that Jesus would make sense of what they knew and the facts that they were missing. He was going to connect the dots, okay? And beginning in verse 27 with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. It, everything points to Jesus. I think I heard a great lesson last night. Didn't we, Brother Craig? I heard a great lesson Everything from the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelations points on every page, leaps out the Messiah, leaps out the Christ, leaps out the child, leaps out the fact that God's Son, behold, God's Son who came to this world to die for you and me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And it says that he explained them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And that word ex explain literally means to unfold the meaning of what is said, to make sense. And that's really what is required to connect the heart to the truth, to connect facts with heaven make all the difference between you being truly converted and just blah living a blah life so what would Jesus talk about that's what interested me what would Jesus explain in all these scriptures concerning himself I listed several things here don't worry I know you're looking at this list and you're going Brother Bruce, you're going to do the same thing that Jesus did, which is all Scripture. He's going to explain and expound to them. No, but I think he would have touched on this, don't you? Don't you think that he would have touched on Genesis 22, verse 18, that through his seed, through Abraham's seed, through his faith, 
through His commitment to God's command to take His one and only Son to sacrifice Him. And because He was willing to do that, God says, through His seed, all the nations would be blessed. Later on, we understand that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says that that seed wasn't plural, but it was seed as of one, Jesus Christ. I'm sure Jesus would touch on Abraham. I'm sure Jesus would touch on and expound on the fact that through his seed, all the nations would be blessed, which we are all privileged to be a part of today. I'm sure Jesus would have talked about the Passover lamb in Exodus 12 and 13. I'm sure Jesus would have talked about the Good Shepherd in Psalms chapter 23. I'm sure Jesus would have talked about the Suffering Savior in Psalms 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I'm sure Jesus would have talked about the Suffering Servant. By His stripes we are healed. I'm sure Jesus would, talk, would have talked about Isaiah chapter 7 and 9, the Emmanuel, God with us. Born of a virgin. A child would be born. The prince of peace. The government would be laid on his shoulders. Amen. And I'm sure that Jesus would have talked a little bit about Daniel. Chapter 9. The vision of the 70 weeks in verse 24 are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish their transgression, to make an end of sins, hallelujah, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. I'm sure Jesus talked a little bit about this. In fact, later on in Luke chapter 24, notice what Jesus does say to his Apostles. Notice what he says in verse 44. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of your father, of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus says it was necessary for me to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. That repentance and remission of sin should be preached to my name. Is that what was done? Yes, it sure was. Acts chapter 2 tells us this. Acts chapter 2. Notice what he says here. Verse 22. Peter said this and preached this. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that it should be held by it. Powerful words. 
We start in verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of the body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, in which we are all witnesses. Verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of our men and brethren, What shall we do? Amen. What powerful words. What a powerful acknowledgement. What a powerful truth of what Jesus accomplished when he was raised from the dead. An empty tomb. He is risen. Why? So that our sins could be forgiven. So that we could have victory over life. So that we could be empowered to live. And to live a life in victory. Amen. In verse 28, back to Luke chapter 24, these two guys hearing this man preach such a dynamic lesson, they were so encouraged. I like this part. And they approached a village where they were going, and he, Jesus acted as though he was going farther. But they urged him, saying, stay with us. You see, it's up to us to invite Jesus to come into our lives. It's up to us to invite Jesus to live and dwell and break bread with us. It's up to us to live a life with Him. And so it says, uh, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So He went in to stay with them. When He had reclined at the table with them, He took the bread and blessed it and breaking it, He began giving it to them. Now, I always just read through this verse, honestly. I'll just be fair with you. Just blew by it. Oh, he's just eating a meal with them. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, whatever. But no, this was Jesus. They're not yet realized that this was our Lord and our Savior eating with them, breaking bread with them, blessing it. It just floors me that I haven't really thought much about this. And yet... It says this, listen. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized Him and He vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us? Were our hearts not burning within us while He was speaking to us on the road? While He was explaining the Scriptures to us? You know, I don't think I'm going to ever look at the Lord's Supper the same anymore. Knowing the power of Christ. Knowing that He gives us life. Knowing that He gave His life. Knowing that He rose from the dead. Knowing that the tomb is empty. Knowing that He loved me enough to die for me. And yet it says that our hearts were burning. 
hearts that were burning. That word burning means to be on fire. Literally, fire. Uh, one time back in Georgia, I got a, the worst spanking I think I ever had in my whole life because I set my uncle's backyard on fire and the flames went high and he lit me on fire. That's all I got to tell you. I was playing with matches. Don't play with matches. But turn to Jesus. Let Jesus inspire you. Let Jesus motivate you. Let the truth of His resurrection. Let that be your passion. Let that bring you the joy. Let that be the cause of your victory over life. Even in the moments in which you are so down and blue and disappointed in life. Maybe you've made mistakes. It's the resurrected Jesus who gives you the victory. There's an, another phrase that I come across in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Fervent in spirit. It's a similar has a similar meaning. Romans 12, verse 11. Fervent in spirit. And that means to glow. I mean, like you, on, like you are this radiating energy. Boil. It's talking about passion. That passion drives you. It gets you through those difficult times. It gets you through those moments of despair. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died. Furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It is that truth of the resurrection that Jesus was talking to these two guys who had allowed themselves to be so despondent in life. He, Jesus, connected those dots, caused their hearts to burn. What happens? Well, you can't keep me down. If you feel with that kind of love, you feel with that kind of truth, you feel with that kind of passion, your faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you're going to do exactly what these guys did. You know what they did? It says, and they rose the same hour and returned to do. They didn't play around. They didn't go and have a cup of coffee at this coffee shop. They didn't go and didn't wait. They didn't go do this, watch a football game. It says they went at the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven, those who had already said that everything they just heard from the women were just fables and a bunch of untruths, a bunch of stories, basically. 
And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together and saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. You see, when you feel with this kind of passion, when you feel with this kind of love, when you feel with this kind of truth, when you acknowledge by faith that Jesus is the Son of God, when you acknowledge by faith that Jesus died for your sins, that brings true conviction. And truly you are converted. I hope that some of these things and this story here in Luke chapter 24 inspires you a little bit. I pray that it will cause you to overcome maybe certain issues in your life. That's the power of Christ. The power of His resurrection. It enables us to overcome our sin problems. From a season of sadness, of gloom and despair, to a season of joy and real passion, real truth, real hope, and the knowledge that Jesus is risen. The message is yours today. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's a problem that you're facing that we, none of us, know anything about. Maybe you've been hiding it all your life. I don't know. God wants you to get it out in the open. Get it out in the light. Now you may not want to do it in the, in the public assembly, but get it out in the light by some elder, deacon, somebody that you know that's a faithful Christian. Deal with it. Get it out in the open. Get prayers on your behalf. Don't wait. And always we offer the invitation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Be baptized. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Pew is not going to save you. All it's going to do is sit there. And if you want to sit there with it, what you going to do? Nothing. So don't do nothing. Come up and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because that will make all the difference in your life. Won't you come as we stand and sing? Welcome to the South Canaan Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.